If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Thursday night here on the East Coast of the United States. You know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Ballsberg Show on TNT. And oh, man, has it been a day. I knew I'd be waking up to the live coverage of the Supreme Court of the United States hearing arguments uh, on the Colorado decision to take Donald Trump off the ballot because supposedly he's an insurrectionist, Section 3, Article 14, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that we all knew. But then the special counsel investigating Joe Biden's um, taking of documents that didn't belong to him, putting them in his garage by his Corvette. Remember all that? Well, that report came out today. The White House got the first look at it and they said, OK, release it all. So they released it all. And wow, wow, wow. And then in response to the report, Joe Biden just finished a press conference where he yelled at reporters, he yelled at the special counsel in abstention, of course, and 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 made a another blunder as he's trying to prove that he's all there mentally and his memory is okay. What a day! And Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin was released as if there wasn't enough. So we're going to try to fit in what we can. We have a special guest uh, from uh, Newsbusters.org, Tim Graham, coming up at the bottom of the hour to talk about the media coverage of all of this and more. Let's start with the news that um, the uh, special counsel, uh, Robert Hur, has announced that there will be no charges filed against Joe Biden. Surprise, 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 even though he had documents that did not belong to him. Um, he said that if Biden were charged, that he would present to the jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with poor memory a sympathetic well-meaning elderly man with poor memory so we're not going to charge him because the jury would find him sympathetic what is that did he break the law yeah i think he broke the law because we were told that he indeed did willfully retain documents that didn't belong to him going back 40 years God, he's an old guy. The jury will sympathize with him. So we're not going to bring any charges. We're going to put Trump in jail, though, baby. Now, different prosecutor, but you, you get the drift. Okay? You get the drift of what I'm talking about. Also, um, this report describes Biden's memory in horrific ways. This is the end. People thought that tonight, before Biden came out, he announced the press conference that, like, I'll be, you know, Biden's having a press conference in um, in 15 minutes. And by the way, he announced the other day when he was taking questions, he said, no, I'm going to I'm going to have an announcement. I'm going to be coming out on Thursday. And he didn't. And everybody forgot. Then all of a sudden you get, OK, 20 minutes from now, Biden's going to hold a press conference or 45 minutes. And people are saying, is he stepping down? Because what what, what the special counsel said about his memory is is insane you can't be president and 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 have this and be guilty if you will of what what was described by the special counsel when it comes to your memory and your ability to recall things 
So people were saying, is he could have quit? Is this the big event? Is this where Michelle steps in or Gavin Newsom steps in? Nope, it wasn't. We'll get to the press conference in a few minutes. But first, I want you to see, um, many outlets put this up, but this is from Mediaite. Let's do it. Let's put screenshot one up and I'm going to read uh, because I just love reading it, what it says. In, this is from the special counsel. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse, worse than with a biographer that he spoke with. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, which was in 2009. Am I still vice president, he asked. And, and this interview was in October of last year. Uh, he did not remember even within several years when his son, Bo, died. The one he keeps saying was killed in Iraq and was not. He died of cancer. And his memory appeared hazy, says the special counsel, when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eckenberry, when in fact Eckenberry was an ally whom Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. Wow. And there's more. We have also, this is on the charges that were not filed. We have also considered that at trial, this is screenshot two. Uh, we have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. So he's mentally incompetent to stand trial. That's how I see it. They're, 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 I mean, I, they got to be saying that. Otherwise, what are you saying? What are you saying? Well, he can't be convicted, so we're not going to charge him. Is that how you, that's how it works? He broke the law, but you're, 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 you're predicting how the jury will view him? And by the way, that's, that's not supposed to influence our justice system. Did he do it beyond a reasonable doubt? Yes or no? Not, ah, he's a nice guy. He's an old man. That's not supposed to enter into it. What the hell kind of justice is this? And of course, Donald Trump will present as a son of a bitch. So we'll, we'll charge him with everything we can. Nice, nice system of justice here, right? Okay. So, so to, in response to the fact that there were no charges uh, charged against him earlier today in Virginia. This is not the press conference tonight. Earlier today in Virginia, the president uh, spoke, and here's some of what he had to say. He's uh, cut 108. The special counsel released their findings today about their look into my handling of classified documents. I was pleased to see they reached the conclusion I believed and knew all along they would that there are no charges should be brought in this case. As many of you know, this was an exhaustive investigation.
going back literally more than 40 years, 40 years when I became a United States senator when I was a kid. I was a kid, 29 years old. Special counsel acknowledged I cooperated completely. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give special counsel what they needed, I went forward with a five-hour in-person interview over the two days of October the 9th, 8th and 9th last year, even though Israel had just been attacked by Hamas on the 7th. Yep, yep, yep. Well, so far he hasn't made any mention of what the report said. <laughs> yeah, no charges. Okay, you gave an interview. Okay, but uh, did you see what the special counsel said about those interviews? Joe, here's cut number 109. I was in the middle of handling an international crisis, but I was especially pleased to see the special counsel make clear the stark differences between this case and Donald Trump. As the special counsel wrote, and I quote, several material distinctions between Mr. Trump's case and Mr. Biden's are clear. And by the way, this is a Republican counsel. Most notably, after given multiple chances, this is the continuation of the quote, he returned classified documents and avoided, to avoid, and avoided prosecution. Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. This is the continuing quote. According to the indictment, he has not only refused to return documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then lie about it. In contrast, Mr. Biden turned in classified documents to the National Archives, the Department of Justice, consented to a search of multiple locations, including his homes, and sat for a voluntary interview, and in other ways cooperated with the investigation. That's the distinction, among others. The bottom line is the special counsel, in my case, decided against moving forward with any charges. And this matter is now closed. Well, it might have been closed in the eyes of the special counsel, but it wasn't closed in the eyes of Joe Biden uh, because he held a, well, first made a statement tonight at about 8.50 local time here, Eastern time, and then took a couple of questions and he was ticked off. Now, let me tell you what he said. He started off repeating just about everything he said there. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is what this is going to be? Um, no charges, 40 years, blah, 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 cooperated completely, um, uh, repeated uh, the remarks that he made you know, earlier, as I said, in Virginia, uh, contrasted with Trump and his document case, blah, 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 blah. He takes issue, he says, with the findings that he, quote, willfully retained documents. I did not willfully retain documents. Gee, and, you know, CNN didn't cut in and cut him off and say, well, there goes Joe lying again because the special counsel found that he did willfully retain documents. So we're, gonna, we're not going to bring you lies. They, they didn't do that. I'll have to ask Tim Graham about that when we get him at the bottom of the hour. Interesting, isn't it? Okay. Um, <laughs> then he um, also claimed that he did not forget when his son Bo died. He said, how the hell dare he? Meaning the special counsel. How the hell dare he? It's none of his 
damn business. Okay. Um, I didn't need anyone to remind me of, uh, you know, of, of when my son passed away. And of course, we know over and over and over and over and over, he has claimed that his son Bo died in Iraq, and his son Bo did not die in Iraq. Okay, I mean, look, we know this. Okay, but according to the special counsel, he didn't know, he had no clue when his son passed away. He basically didn't know when he was vice, he thought he was still vice president in October. He didn't know when he started his VP, when it ended. Am I still vice president? He said, what the hell? Uh, but he's still better than Kamala. Let's make that footnote. Um, okay, question. Uh, the, the, the reporter cited what we read to you, showed you that the, the special counsel said you were in charge because you're, quote, a well-meaning elderly man with a bad memory. He said, my memory is fine. He was mad, baby. He was mad. Uh, his memory's fine. Okay. So he confronted the reporters on memory, um, and he said when they questioned the things that he had done, reason what he shot back at the reporter. That's your judgment. That's your judgment. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh yeah. When, when the reporter said, you know, you say your memory's fine, but you're not convincing the public because you know the the polls show before she could finish showing that the polls show that the public overwhelmingly thinks he's not competent. He shot back, that's your judgment, that's your judgment. No, no, it's the American public's judgment, with the exception of Joe Scarborough, of course, and little Mika. Um, then the next question was about Gaza. And the man with the great memory, the man who's trying to convince us with this press conference that he knows what the hell he's doing, he belongs there. He's not stepping down. The reporters did ask him if he's stepping down, too. He's not going anywhere. His memory's fine. The man who just thought he, he spoke to a dead, told us the other day, he spoke to uh, Francois Mitterrand, the president of France, at the G8 when he became president. Mitterrand's been dead for years. And that's just, you know, that's just one of a million, but that was recent. So you know what he told us tonight? At the, at the end, this Gaza question? <laughs> he said that um, the president of Mexico, Sisi, didn't want to open the gates at the border, and he convinced him to, forced him to, whatever. By that time, I wasn't listening. The president of Mexico, Gaza, Sisi, you mean the president of Egypt on the border with Gaza? That Mexico, I, it is insane. And you put on CNN and it's like he never did this before. Oh, you know, people, look, we all make mistakes. Are you kidding? We all make mistakes. This guy's got the nuclear football. Of course he doesn't, but theoretically he does. We know where that is, don't we, Barack? Um. Okay, did not share classified information. The report also said that he shared some classified information at a fundraiser or with somebody, I forget with who, he said tonight, I did not share classified information. So he didn't cl share classified information. The report said he did. He didn't willfully 
retain documents. The report said he did. He didn't not know when his son died. The special counsel says that's true. He didn't. I mean, he did not know. Um, you know, whatever, whatever, he just denied it all. Denied it all. The only thing that appears true is that he's not being charged. Now, this would have been the perfect, perfect opportunity to force Joe Biden out. Somebody has to go, somebody, where's, where's the 23rd minute? When do we get him out? I mean, when does he go? If he's not going to leave on his own, when, when is he forced out? How much more? Incompetence, mental decline. I feel sorry for him. But you know who I really despise? Jill Biden. She could look at this man, you know, and because uh, because you, you buy t- you're all a bunch of tacos at the Bodega. See, say Broadway. <laughs> she wants to be first lady again. She likes the life, so she's putting her mentally incompetent, mentally challenged, declining, sad husband out there. For this kind of abuse and this kind of, you know, regiment, because she's, in my view, selfish as selfish could be. And that's how I'm going to phrase it. I might want to phrase it another way, but I will not. I think maybe you know how I might might have phrased it. So this was an incredible day, an incredible day. Again, starting with the Trump. Uh, issue ending with Biden's you know, press conference or, or statement in press conference where he, he credited, uh, where he cited the president of Mexico for for not wanting to open up the Gaza border for supplies. Cece, he named he named the right president, just the wrong country. Hey, seriously, all kidding aside, who hasn't confused Egypt and Mexico? Right? Come on, tell me you haven't done it. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, oh, there's more. Joe Biden blamed, at this press conference, blamed his staff. What staff? I guess all the staffs that were, that he had during the time he was taking documents home for 40 years. Uh, He said, I take responsibility for not having seen what my staff was doing. (laughs) Oh, my God. My gosh, oh my gosh, it's just insane. It's just insane. But that's where we are. This was, uh, how the hell dare he? How the hell dare he, said Joe Biden. I don't know what to say. Okay, so let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit here. And let's uh, go to uh, Elena Kagan. As I mentioned, the Supreme Court heard arguments from the uh, the the attorney representing the state of Colorado and and uh, that made the decision to take Trump off the ballot because of the of he he led an insurrection section three article fourteen blah 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 this was never going to stand and the Supreme Court heard the arguments Trump's attorneys there of course as well Elena Kagan liberal 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 actually presented this question to the Colorado attorney. And this should have been the, this should, you know, say game over for Colorado. 
Here is cut 106. This question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president again is, you know, just say it, it sounds awfully national to me. Um, so whatever means there are to enforce it would suggest that they have to be federal national means. Why does, uh, you know, if you weren't from Colorado and you were from Wisconsin or you were from Michigan, and it really, you know, what the Michigan Secretary of State did is going to make the difference between, you know, whether candidate A is elected or candidate B is elected. I mean, that seems quite extraordinary, doesn't it? No, Your Honor, because ultimately it's this court that's going to decide that question of federal constitutional eligibility and settle the issue for the nation. And, and certainly it's not unusual that questions of national importance come up. Well, I suppose this state. court would be saying something along the lines of that a state has the power to do it. But I guess I was, I was asking you to go a little bit further and saying why should that be the right rule? Why should a single state have the ability to make this determination, not only for their own citizens, but for the rest of the nation? Yeah, very good question. That's Elena Kagan. Okay, not uh, one of the conservatives. She's one of the three liberals, and she was asking the question. Now here she uh, she continues, and then uh, Amy, uh, uh, Amy Amy Coney Barrett, conservative, appointed by Trump, uh, will uh, will interject as well in cut one oh seven. If this court affirms the decision below, determining that President Trump is ineligible to be president, other states would still have to determine what effect that would have on their own state's law and state procedure. Well, I mean, if we if we affirmed and we said he was ineligible to be president, yes, maybe some states would say, well, you know, we're going to keep him on the ballot anyway. But I mean, really, it's going to have, as Justice Kagan said, the effect of Colorado deciding, and it's true, I just want to push back a little bit on, well, it's a national thing because this court will decide it. You say that we have to review Colorado's factual record with clear error as the standard of review. So we would be stuck, the first mover state here, Colorado, we're stuck with that record. Yep, yep. And this is the way it went. Give a listen to another conservative, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Um... To the Colorado attorney, again, here's cut 105. In trying to figure out what Section 3 means, and to the extent it's elusive language or vague language, what about the idea that um, we should think about democracy, think about the right of the people to elect uh, candidates of their choice, of letting the people decide, because your position has the effect of disenfranchising uh, voters to a significant degree. And should that be something, does that come in when we think about should we read Section 3 this way or read it that way? What about the background principle, if you agree, of democracy? I'd like to make three points on that, Justice Kavanaugh. The first is that constitutional safeguards are for the purpose of safeguarding our democracy, not just for the next election cycle, but for generations to come. And, and second, Section 3 is designed to protect our democracy in that very way. The framers of Section 3 knew from painful experience that those who had violently broken their oaths to the Constitution couldn't be trusted to hold power again because they could dismantle our constitutional democracy from within. And so they created a democratic safety valve. President Trump can go ask Congress to give him amnesty by a two-thirds vote. But unless he does that, our Constitution protects us from insurrectionists. And third, this case illustrates the danger 
of refusing to apply Section 3 as written, because the reason we're here is that President Trump tried to disenfranchise 80 million Americans who voted against him, and the Constitution doesn't require that he be given another chance. Well, says you, says, says the Colorado State Supreme Court, that he tried to disenfranchise 80 million voters. Again, he was never charged with insurrection. Uh, we'll get back to that in, in a little while. I want to remind everybody as we go to break here that uh, last December, uh, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st, and that's right around the corner. And um, that will be at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the United States. Now, TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days, as long as it takes. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. So make sure you're here. TNT, lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk, TNT. And I'm Steve Malsberg. We're coming back with Tim Graham right here on TNT. TNT's Timothy Shea. The race is essentially now Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. Ron disappoints us. We'll be pulling his hat from the ring next. And the issue, as always, is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. <laughs> My baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> so long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those <laughs> beans smell heavenly. Mm -hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. Ladies and gentlemen. Today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. All right, folks, welcome back. And as promised, uh, we welcome in Tim Graham, executive uh, editor at newsbusters.org, Newsbusters podcast host. He's been at the Media Research Center. I, I believe, Tim, that this is uh, 25 years, uh, your anniversary uh, this year, if you haven't hit 35. it already. I'm sorry, 35, 35, 89. Right, right, 35. That is amazing. Also, columnist, author, Thank you so much for coming on 35 years. That's a long time, my friend, and congratulations. Yeah, I was, I was very young. Yes, we all were once. <laughs> I would joke I was 19, but that would be lying. Okay, all right. Well, we're not, we're not going to try to figure it out. And, well, if you were lying, 
you know, you'd, you'd be uh, akin to Joe Biden. Interesting, yeah. Tim. I, one of the things I mentioned uh, before you came on, you know, Joe Biden stood there tonight and, you know, said how the, how the hell dare he when he criticized the special counsel for saying he didn't know when his son Bo died. But, but he denied that he willfully retained documents. The special counsel said he did. He blamed his staff for it all, said, I take responsibility for not having seen what the staff was doing. Um, he also, uh, uh, there's one other thing that he uh, denied doing that, uh, that, that they said he, uh, he actually did. So I didn't see Jake Tapper or CNN cutting Joe Biden off and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, the special counsel, according to the special counsel, these are all lies. We can't let you hear lies. Uh, I guess, you know, that only applies to another presidential candidate. Exactly. I mean, we've tried to make this point. You know, PolitiFact celebrated a couple of days ago that they'd just done Trump fact check number 1,000. Well, what's Joe Biden's number? You know, yeah. Joe Biden was in office in 2007 when PolitiFact started. Donald Trump was a real estate developer and TV host. Uh, Biden is 286. Uh, and, you know, that just tells you how slanted people are when it comes to who's lying. Yes, I believe Joe Biden lies routinely, and yet nobody cuts him off. Yeah, and another lie that the other one I was looking for, he said he did not share classified information from those documents, and the uh, the report said that he had, in fact, uh, done that. Look, Tim, on the issue of Joe Biden lying, we went through a whole campaign where nobody mentioned, and when I say nobody, I mean mainstream media, ever that in eighty uh, in the eighty eight race he had to drop out of the uh, the primary situation uh, because he got caught lying, plagiarizing, and lying about plagiarizing, lying about his record in law school, lying about his school his uh, scholastic achievements in college, uh, graduating top of his class, all that, and then people like Sam Donaldson and other people they called him out and he had to drop out of the race. But again, the worst kind of fake news, fake news by omission that was never discussed. In, during the 2020 campaign by the media, they never put it in context. Well, we made a video of some of this stuff because when you start a group in 1987, you, you have the video. Right. Um, and, uh, now, obviously, the interesting part about these sort of things is when the, the one time you're maybe going to get some honesty about a Democrat is when another Democrat's running against him. And I believe the guy who got Biden was a guy named John Sasso who worked for Dukakis and they put, you know, they got on, they discovered, I think, the plagiarism and put it out and mm. the news media, it, it was factual. Uh, but, you know, they're always more willing to talk about the flaws of a Democrat when other Democrats are running against him. So uh, yes, that did him in at the time. And they may have decided back then the smoke filled room of news media saying, this is not the guy. Well, I, you know, I, I think more and more, it kind of goes up and down. More and more, I, I believe uh, and do believe that the media sees that Joe Biden's not the guy now either. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they kind of go back and forth. Now, my, my question is, tomorrow morning, how does Joe Scarborough, whose brother-in-law works for Joe Biden, and little Mika, as I call her, whose brother works for Joe Biden, never a disclaimer, never an asterisk, never a note on the screen, mind you. Uh, how do they spin this? Because all he's been doing is talking about 
how confident and great and 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 full of life and energy and 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 fantastic Joe Biden is. Uh, how are they going to spin this? Yeah, that ought to be very interesting. <laughs> uh, because yeah, Scarborough that was revealed was doing all of these advice calls with Biden. Biden calls him for advice. Well, that's also called. I'm going to suck up to journalists and ask them their opinion so they talk nice about me. Right. You know, worked for John McCain for a while. Uh, you know, it works better for Democrats. You know, when you treat them as your advisors, you're going to get better press. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Scarbo's running around saying, no, 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 Trump's the guy that's mentally unfit. Trump's the guy that's confusing yep. Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi. And then that, that matters. But when when Biden says... I talked to the president of Mexico to fix Gaza. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that. We'll have to put that on at six oh oh tomorrow. Uh, you know that, and that's at the end of this press conference tonight, where he's talking about his memory being fine and trying to dispel everything that was in the report related to his memory and and his his competence. Uh, and 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 he confused Mexico with Egypt, uh, which is incredible. On the heels of uh, Mitterrand, the president of France, he met with at the G G8 when he first became president. I mean, what we learned today, uh, Tim, from the uh, from the special counsel's report, is that he didn't know when he was vice president. He didn't know if he was at one point if he was still vice president. This was last October. He didn't know when it started, when it ended. He didn't, of course, with his son. I, I mean, if the, forget if this were Trump. I mean, if this were any Republican, uh, the media would have been up in arms all day today calling for the Constitution to come into play and someone to walk into Joe Biden's office and say, it's over, Mr. President. Well, remember that under Trump, they were talking about 25th Amendment solutions quite a bit. I mean, yes. you couldn't tune in. You couldn't tune in to Brian Stelter without him talking about how <laughs> Trump was mentally unstable. You know, now he has his psych psychoanalysts from Harvard who say, you know, Trump's got to go. Um, so, yeah, it's it's rich. Again, the just the dramatic double standard between the way these people are constantly trying to ruin Trump. Um, and you know, never stop trying to ruin Trump. No, and in the in, in the Trump administration during that time, two of the things they mentioned that he had to go. One, he walked down the ramp at West Point or something. I don't know. He held on. It was a small little ramp. Number two, he tippy toed. Yeah, yeah. And one, he was drinking, and he had a he used his left hand to uh, to bring the, the the right yeah the right hand to up to bring the cup up. Oh my God, what that signifies, I don't even know. But that all made him <laughs> mentally incompetent. And now you got Carville going around. At least he was when those red marks were either AI put on his hand or they were on his hand when he they came out of court. Uh, in New York City, and and uh, Carville was convinced. I spoke to a doctor, and uh, this is secondary syphilis. <laughs> it's just it never ends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this is where you get upset when they're when they try to say, you know, they have all these Biden conspiracy theories, and it's like, oh, you mean like P tapes in Moscow, like that kind of stuff? I mean, <laughs> it, it really does never end, and they really don't have any shame, and they, you know, they spent many months making a star out of Michael Avenatti, who's now in prison. Yep. Um, yep. They, they're not, they really don't show any signs of shame for what they have done. And they have no, uh, credit to Steve Krakauer on this, they have no introspection 
whatsoever. No, you're absolutely right. We're talking to Tim Graham, uh, uh, executive editor of Newsbusters here on the Steve Malsberg Show. Okay, so this story, prior to this story today, the Supreme Court hearing arguments, and it, it gave me great pleasure to, uh, with an exception here, you know, uh, or, or and a lunatic there, but even on CNN and wherever, I mean, they had to admit based on the questioning, although you can never go by the questioning, but I think it, it, it's a pretty safe assumption that they will rule in favor of Trump, but it might even be eight to one or nine to nothing in their ruling. Uh, they were not happy campers, the, the, the leftist media, after, the, uh, after the, uh, the oral arguments. Right, and I think, you know, the, the, the liberal analysts will try to say, well, the Supreme Court doesn't really want to get involved. So they're going to look for some remedy where they don't have to get involved. Um, look, my main accusation against the liberal media, Steve, is they just want to come out every every day and have something trashy to talk about Trump over. So it really almost doesn't matter if this succeeds or if it fails, because they were able to talk about this all day. They were able to besmirch Donald Trump all day. That's a good day for them, even if they right. have a horrible day in court. Right. Which, yeah, they were honest enough to say, oh, sounds not good. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it was a remarkable day all the way through. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, Tucker Carlson uh, interview, which I did watch today. I mean, I fast forwarded during, uh, you know, the, the, the 20 minute uninterrupted diatribes, a couple of them by Putin. Uh, but uh, but I did watch uh, most of it. I think Tucker held his own. I think he asked good questions. Uh, he, he, he asked about the uh, Wall Street Journal reporter who's being held. Like, come on, he didn't, he's not a spy. Come on, why don't you let him go? I mean, I, I, I think he did, I, he held his own. Uh, but this, you know, the European Union, although they're not the media, one guy wants to impose a travel ban on Tucker. Um, and, you know, oh, it's going to be propaganda, Soviet, uh, Russian propaganda. He, he loves Putin, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you saw any of it, but if you did, tell us if you didn't, just the concept and, and the premise. I haven't seen it yet, but I think you, you're telling me something that I was going to hope that he did was ask about reporters, you yes. know, being held there. That's really kind of the first thing any American journalist should ask about. It's not the only thing, obviously. There's a whole bunch of other things going on. Um but, you know, I think the first most important thing is before I even watch this, I made this point. Putin did an interview with Barbara Walters. Putin did an interview with George Stephanopoulos. Putin did yep. an interview with Megyn Kelly when she was in NBC. Putin did an interview in 2007 when Time named him Person of the Year. Yep. Um, so there's nothing wildly unusual about a, an American reporter interviewing Putin. The only significant thing here is the first apparently American interview since he invaded Ukraine again, Crimea the last time. So, I, you know, people were freaking out beforehand. And I thought it was really important just to say it's more important once it happens to judge what we saw. Now, if he let Putin talk for 20 minutes, that's something I don't like. I mean, I guess you do that with powerful people. Uh, you know, I'm sure Dan Rather did that with Saddam Hussein back in the day. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, let me tell you, let me tell you, at first it was, uh, 
Tucker started uh, listening to him and then interrupted. He said, and Putin said, so are we going to do a, 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 a TV show, like a talk show like you do, or are you gonna, is this a, a, a real interview? And, and what Tucker said after the interview was uh, to, to us, the audience, you know, I was afraid that I didn't know how much time we had. I didn't want him to just keep talking and then they'd say, okay, that's it. But in fact, Tucker ended the interview. Uh, it was two hours plus, like two hours and 10 minutes. So uh, it, he, had, he certainly had enough time. Most of the talking was history, the history of the region, history here, history there, as Putin saw it. But Tucker interjected, and uh, I'll tell you this, uh, Putin was very complimentary about George W. Bush. Uh, he said he had a great relationship also with uh, Donald Trump, didn't expand upon that, but he did say that. Um, Ukraine, um, you know, there, there could be a settlement to Ukraine. He's not adverse to talking. And uh, again, the Wall Street Journal reporter, um, you know, we're trying. We, we'd love to have him go back. He says, I want to see him go back home. Uh, but, you know, I don't know what he's demanding in return. So all in all, I think I think Tucker d- did a good job for a two hour and 10 minute interview. He let him talk, but he got his stuff in, I thought. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, when I booked you originally, we were going to talk about CNN. Who knew there'd be a Putin interview? Who knew there'd be the uh, the Biden stuff? Who knew there'd be all this stuff? So CNN finally getting rid of that disaster of a morning show, which was getting about 300,000 people on CNN in the morning, um, which is incredible. And But they're bringing back Jim Acosta to weekdays. Not bringing back. He was a White House correspondent. Now he's going to be on, I think, is it an hour or two? I think it's one hour, 10 to 11. But the smug, arrogant, pompous, radical leftist, no smile, Acosta. That's an answer for ratings. Well, let, let's be honest. CNN's morning show has been tanking. I mean, back with Soledad O'Brien. I mean, they, <laughs> you know, CNN's been losing the morning Joe on the liberal side for a long, long time, and they don't even want to try to compare themselves to Fox ratings in the morning. Um, right. We've had we had a certain time in there where CNN was running behind Newsmax. Um, so I, you know, they can keep trying to rearrange the deck chairs. I don't know if it's the Titanic because CNN never really sinks. But uh, uh, yeah, um, who thinks Jim Acosta is an answer? You know, when they put Chris Licht in that job, and Chris Licht was like, "Well, I've got to, I've got to do something about these Trump hating people," and so Brian Stelter got fired, and and uh, uh, John Harwood got fired, and I'm like, everybody's going. Well, isn't Acosta at the top of the list? Right. You know, they put him on weekends, which maybe isn't something. It was fascinating, though, that they took him off the White House beat because Biden wasn't going to take well to yelled questions. And let's face it, Jim Acosta didn't yell questions at Obama. Uh, so, no. I mean, it, no. once again, you know, CNN now every once in a while will ask a challenging question. Um, yeah. But. That's not what they're known for under Biden. Yeah, and of course, Acosta is going to be 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. So you're going to have the morning show. I believe uh, seven to ten is going to be Berman and Baldwin and uh, and Seidner, uh, who are now currently doing nine to noon. So I, I, it's not like they were blowing the ratings off the off the roof. So I, I don't no, know. And how Berman long was that. on there before. I mean, bringing yes. Berman back is just more of the same. I mean, I, I don't know what they think they're doing. I really don't. And neither do they, Tim, most likely. Neither <laughs> neither do they. And that's a great, great way to end it. Listen, so great to talk to you and reconnect. And congratulations on your 35th 
year at Media Research Center. Say hello to all my friends, and uh, we'll speak again soon, hopefully. Stay well. All right. Thanks, Steve. Tim Graham, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, well, news, I was going to say newsbusters.org and Media Research Center. And um, boy, we, I'm, I wish we were trying to think before he came on um, how, how far back he and I go when our first interview might have been. I don't know. I don't know. It probably was, uh, it was probably around 2000 or something like that. I mean, we go way back. But that's neither here nor is it there, which makes it neither here nor there at this point. So let's uh, take a break. We'll come back and we will uh, bring you some more, whew, some more today's news, some more uh, clips. And what a day. What a day. Steve Malzberg right here on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. What a dink! Nikki Haley had a record fundraising month in January. January ended last Wednesday, and last Wednesday was the day that Nikki was in Miami Beach meeting with a Democrat billionaire mega donor. Yeah, I'm sure those three things had nothing to do with each other. Right. Tell you something else that has nothing to do with anything. And that's Democrat politicians with R's after their name, like Nikki, like Chris Christie, like Lindsey Graham, like Mitt Romney, like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, you know the type, and Republican values. And yet all of them claim that they are in politics to preserve and uphold Republican values. Now, if you want genuine Republican values, you've got to look at Donald Trump, at the America First agenda. You've got to look at what make America great again really means. It means a rising tide lifts all boats. It means prosperity for regular workaday people, not just elites whose values are more in line with Davos than with those in the Dakotas. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk. TNT. Need a ride? Yeah! Driving with kids is a big responsibility. Hop in and buckle up! So don't sweat the small stuff. You got paint all over our paper! Get the big stuff right instead. What does that mean? Like making sure your kids are in the correct car seat and buckled up for safer travel. That deserves a wiggly wiggly wig. To make sure your child is in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. You're listening to The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Let me tell you a secret. Come here, come here, come here. Did you know that at TNT, we never go home? That is the absolute truth. We do not go home. In fact, we're committed to bringing you our take, of course, on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 online, globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on today's news talk, TNT. Now, before we go back to some uh, of the court back and forth uh, at today's uh, hearing on Donald Trump, and being on the ballot in Colorado and the whole shebang, I want you to listen to um, I want you to listen to cut number. Well, this is Hillary Clinton on MSNBC talking about the Tucker Putin interview, which had not yet been made public at this time, but they were talking about it. Alex Wagner, and here is cut ninety three. Tucker Carlson is in Moscow right now interviewing Vladimir Putin. Right. The first American, I'll say, journalist uh, to interview Putin since the war in Ukraine mm -hmm. began. What does that tell you 
about Tucker Carlson and right-wing media and also Vladimir Putin? Well, it shows me what I think we've all known. He's what's called a useful idiot. I mean, if you actually read translations of what's being said on Russian media, they make fun of him. I mean, he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow has, after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he, uh, I would not be surprised uh, if he emerges with a contract with a Russian outlet because he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true. He parrots Vladimir Putin's uh, pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh, so I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview because through him, he can, you know, continue to lie about what his, you know, objectives are in Ukraine and, and uh, you know, what he expects to see happen. First of all, let me let me just say this. Every every interviewer who interviews someone, especially a head of state, for the most part allows them to lie in some way shape or form. Okay? Now I said this interview went on for 2 hours and 10 minutes. I watched it. You know, giving his version of history over the course of 20 minutes. What's Tucker supposed to do if he disagreed with something? Interrupt constantly? You know, you want, you, 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 you want to hear what the man has to say. And then at the end, push back, which Tucker did at various spots. And when he got through it, the history lesson, Tucker said, for instance, on a couple of times, yeah, but that, that doesn't relate to today. Let's talk about today. So he let Putin talk, and he still attempted to get his questions in, to, to, to pre-label it, especially from Hillary Clinton, who, you know, blamed Russia for Trump's victory and for everything else, Russia, 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 right? Uh, which was disproven in investigations, I might add. Um, it's what you expect. It's what you expect. When Biden is interviewed and he lies, who confronts Biden? Okay, so, you know, he's going to lie, and uh, th 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 please, no one lies, no one lies. Here is Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC with MSNBC uh, legal uh, analyst uh, Michael Weissman. This was after the Supreme Court oral arguments in the Trump case, Colorado, and uh, this is some of the sadness, ladies and gentlemen. breaks my heart to watch these liberals sit for two hours plus, I think it was also two hours plus, and hear these, you know, these oral arguments and hear nothing for the most part except Trump's not going to get kicked off the ballot. They must have been dying inside. Uh, and it breaks my heart. Here is cut number, <laughs> here is cut number 103. Andrew, let me ask you first, because it seemed to us in listening to this so closely for the last two hours and 19 minutes or so, that there was broad, dis broad agreement across the usual political division lines that there was a lot of ambiguity in this process and that ambiguity would favor keeping the candidate, Donald Trump, on the ballot. I agree with you. Um, my, my takeaway from this is you were counting the votes. Remember, Justice O'Connor famously said when she was asked, what's it like to be on the Supreme Court? It's about counting to five. Here, the, there is clearly, I think, five votes, if not nine votes, 
um, that are going to reverse this case. Um, the point that you made about ambiguity was raised by various justices, meaning that if it's not clear, isn't it, shouldn't that sort of favor having somebody being allowed to, to run and thus our ability to vote for that person? There was a lot of concern about having a state have the power to interfere with a federal election. It's not a state interfering with a state election. It's should they really be able to weigh in on this? This is a post-mortem. That's what, exactly what it is. Um, you could hear the, the sadness, the jubilation that's usually there when they cover Trump and court cases and all that. Just missing, missing. Now, Andrea Mitchell, again, God bless her. She's probably older than Biden. Uh, it takes a lot to get her pumped up and, and jubilant, but nonetheless. So here's uh, one more from uh, Weissman and, and, and the crew, 104. And then there was an interesting sort of um, across, as your point, across different justices, Katanji Brown Jackson, Justice, um, Chief Justice Roberts, um, Justice Thomas, who is very active in this um, oral argument, talking about the history of this amendment, talking about how it really dealt with the Confederacy and the concern about Confederates burrowing in to Confederate states and sort of influencing federal elections. And so it would be anomalous. It would be ironic to suddenly say, oh, this is sort of we should allow states to take this on. It's a reason to have federal jurisdiction here, not state jurisdiction. Big takeaway is this is, I think, going to be a win for Donald Trump and a loss for Colorado. Oh, my God. He said a win for Donald Trump. Mark this time down. <laughs> Speaking of Donald Trump, um, he came out of Mar-a-Lago and he said this in cut number, uh, I know what cut it is, 110. I just finished watching the Supreme Court. It was a beautiful thing to watch in many respects. It's unfortunate that we have to go through a thing like that. I consider it to be more election interference by the Democrats. That's what they're doing. Uh, the good news is we're leading virtually every poll. We're leading uh, the, I don't even know if we have any more. I'm not sure that we even have a Republican candidate, somebody running, but not making any impact. Okay. So uh, you know, then he went on and on and on and on and on to talk about uh, the campaign and how he's leading in all the polls and the usual Trump, you know, spiel, if you will. So, folks, I mean, you know, as a news junkie, man, you live for days like this. You can make news and, you know, everything is there's always news being made. So you love every day. But something like this on this level with the three stories we got today, two involving Biden and then culminating him in, in calling Egypt, Mexico. <laughs> I just can't. What a day. Tomorrow, God willing, we will do it again. Uh, I want you to uh, make me a promise. You tell your friends who you think would like this show and you tell people, I say your enemies, people who you think would not like me and not like my show. Tell them about it. And uh, let's see where we go from there. Okay. So that's tomorrow, same time, same place, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT.